This episode of The Vergecast is sponsored by Caviar. Where's your next meal coming from? Try Caviar. Caviar delivers the best restaurants. You can order on the Caviar app or online. You can just go to caviar.com and check it out. Get the food you crave delivered. There's pizza, Chinese, and much more. Indian, sushi, barbecue, all from local restaurants. So order today and pay no delivery fee on your first order. Plus, you can take $10 off that first order of $30 or more with code VERGECAST. Offer is valid until February 28th. Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of the Fox Media, wait, no, of The Verge. Of The Verge, which is the flagship Verge of, of the, Fox the Fox Media, Media Network. Network. There's no better Verge than The Verge. Yes, that is true. Correct. I am Neil Patel, that person's Dieter Bone. Dieter is in the studio with us today. I am, Ooh. and the jokes are going to be 10% more dad. <laughs> the in-person Dieter experience is very intense. <laughs> Paul Miller is here. Hey, Paul. Hello. So what I'm going to tell you, the listener, is that... This is the week after CES. It does not feel like enough time has passed. Mm-hmm. Like, I got really sick after CES. Dieter, you were sick before I, CES. I was sick before CES. I was home for a, a grand total of 30 hours before I came to New York. Yeah. We're still very tired from yeah. that show. By the way, claps to our producer, Andrew Marino, for putting together a great CES edition of that show. Yeah, we can uh, sound effects. I Good. loved it. I listened to the whole thing. This is this is a horse coming to you. Wow. Whoa. We're doing Dieter's in studio. We're doing Foley today. It's going to be great. But we're back and I'm just letting you know, just up front, I'm still very tired and I'm a little bit sick and my, my voice gets a little weird. Yeah. It's because I'm literally falling asleep. Like it's been a week. I'm still <laughs> I, dying. You just I do a great job hyping the show today. Man. I feel like confident and in promising 80% quality today. Yeah. Neil, those I, are often our best episodes. The are ones you, are real are you, sleepy. Tell the, tell, the, tell the people the truth. You're sick because you are, you are noshing on those Tide Pods. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into the biggest news in the world today, which is teenagers are eating laundry detergent because they are stupid. Uh, uh, intrepid Verge reporter Danny Deal has made Tide Pod cookies. They look exactly like Tide Pods, so much so that it's like a little bit scary. I don't know. I mean, uh, Danny's great. That was a mistake. Yeah. Don't make things that look like poison. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't eat poison. Oh, so she's very good at making. She made Verge logo cookies. Yeah, she's excellent cookies. Uh, this is actually a story. Our team is like digging into it. But mm. YouTube today had to like put out videos. Like they're blocking Tide Pod challenge videos because people are dumb. I don't Cen- get it. Censorship. <laughs> the biggest free speech <laughs> issue in the world today. I mean, look, if you listen to Emergecast, you know, free speech and platforms, yeah. it's a whole thing. And Tide Pods, I think, is if the breaking the founding point. fathers didn't want to stay <laughs> Tide Pods. YouTube put- has reacted more quickly to Tide people eating Tide Pods than they have to Nazis. Which yeah. maybe, I mean, eating Tide Pods could kill you, I suppose. So it is appropriate to react quickly. I'm just pointing out yeah. that there is a weird disconnect. So YouTube is changing a bunch of rules about what channels can be monetized, yeah. what, like... There's a whole YouTube kerfuffle happening, but you are right. The Tide Pods issue garnered a f- swifter reaction. Yeah, which is funny because you would, you know, you could you could roll out the string of, well, of course, there's no controversy there. It's like easy to just be like, don't do it. But fundamentally, the issue is that people want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Anyway, so, okay, that's, the, the that's new just rule, like stupid the new news. monetization rules are: it used to be you needed. 10,000 public views, and mm-hmm. then you could start monetizing video. Now it's you have to have at least 1,000 subscribers, and you must have tallied at least 4,000 hours of overall watch time across all of your videos. 
and I can't tell if that's a super high bar or a medium bar or low bar. Um, I imagine if you're trying to make a living at YouTube, you've probably crossed that bar. But there's probably a bunch of hobbyists who hadn't, who are sad about this, but I also don't know how much money they were making in the first place. So I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty dumb about all of this. The thing that I'm... Well, it's so harder much... to game, first of all. Yeah, that's true. So that's like an important... I think YouTube understands their platform is not easy to game, but gameable. Yep. This is a little bit harder to game. Yeah, so you can't make a million channels and like there, there's a there's a certain kind of abuse that I think this is targeted at in terms of making a bunch of channels with a bunch of bad content and then you know some of them cross the line and once you get those views and you know you can start racking stuff up. So this makes that harder. But the the big th- problem with YouTube lately has been you know Logan Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And there's actually been a bunch of other creators who've had their videos demonetized. And they're not really sure why. Yeah, uh, and so. I don't th- like this seems like I don't know like tangential to the actual like main show what's going on with YouTube drama right now. And so it's like is this just a thing they're planning on doing anyway and they're rolling it out and it helps with these other problems or do they actually think this is a direct address to some of the problems my, on YouTube my, right now? My most favorable interpretation of this is that this frees up YouTube resources to focus on the the higher echelon of monetized videos. So there's fewer channels that they have to go through. Yeah. Right. But they really desperately need very, very clear rules of what is monetizable and not. Because and so people all, are just freaking out. So you're yeah. right in the sense that now everybody in the like preferred platform is human beings are going to watch their videos. So, Dieter, I think you were right, though, in that the, the first wave of YouTube problems was like, weird algorithmically generated horror videos that were targeted at children. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, you can, like, wipe those out because these are bars that are hard to cr- harder to cross. Right. What, so you remove the monetary wait, incentive. Which ones are you talking about? You're talking about Elsa Gate? Yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. There's those, like, those had millions of views. Those right. were definitely But you can't just, like, start that. Like, they can go kill the ones that exist, but you can't, like, it's harder to start a network of garbage, which is a thing that they were doing. Right. You've got to rack up these total amount of watches. You've got to hit people a thousand people have to subscribe. Like, right? There's like a little bit harder of a bar to than just like total number of hours. Right. It's not. I'm not saying it's great. If you put a video out that has Elsa in it, you're over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying right now. Yeah, maybe. I, I just think this is targeted that one set of problem, and then the the premium content YouTuber problem. We're going to start watching all the videos. That's this set of resources. More broadly, <clears throat> I think the way I would put it is YouTube is – this is the year that YouTube is at a breaking point. Like the way it's worked forever is not the way it's going to work in the future. So many people are focused on YouTube now in like a massive way. Their stars, celebrity creators are getting themselves into different kinds of trouble. Google has to realize like they run, now run a very prominent content platform editorial platform for people. Advertisers are, are staying away from YouTube. It's like a real thing. Um, like major advertiser. Yeah. So I think Google has to figure out how they can navigate themselves back into the money without irritating all of the people and that's going to be tough. And I I would say there's no bigger story in this sort of like platform space than this one this year. And I would say that the current status seems to be that the YouTubers have already given up on YouTube. Like uh, we hear that story every year. Not, not that they don't put their videos, but that they've given up on YouTube 
providing their living. Oh, sure. Like, like I, I, I think I, that there's like a there's like a subsistence level for a lot of people there, and like and some people are making way more money, but everyone's looking to diversify how they make money beyond just you know YouTube money. They're like they're selling merch and yeah, they're like yeah. certain Patreons and they're they're doing a bunch of other stuff. PewDiePie, who gets plenty of views, advertises phones yeah. and a chair. Um, a, chair. a lot of like the League of Legends gamers I watch, like, ha- will have their own. Um, they'll have like the video will start with a little bit of gameplay, and then they'll cut to like an advertisement for some like mobile game. Yeah, and then yeah, Patreon is huge. Like they they do not Dieter, trust. Dieter complains about all the tech YouTubers and their dbrand deals all the time. I do. Like it's a little. Yeah. There's like some ickiness there. Like there's another way to monetize the stuff and. There are a lot of tech YouTubers I love, but, like, it's this pervasive layer of brand deals that isn't always transparent. Right. The lack of transparency is, like, that's, that's what always really burns me. Well, yeah. and YouTube needs to figure out a way not not just to uh, monetize uh, PG videos with with no controversial ideas in them. Because there's things like HBO exists, you know? Things like Netflix exists. Be- like pe- Hey, people pay directly for those things. Right. So... You could move it on. I to pay directly Red. for YouTube Red. Great. So I mean, like, th- that's another like, strategy. YouTube, YouTube needs to do a better job keeping twelve-year-olds safe while also realizing that its platform is not just for twelve-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, problem, by the way, that uh, HBO, for example, has not solved. Right? <laughs> like, like, it's this is a hard problem. But YouTube's not for, or HBO is not for twelve-year-olds. And they've been pretty upfront about that. Right, I mean, that's I, what I'm saying. They, I, just, they I watched, just ignore that. I watched me a lot of a lot of pirate HBO when I was 12. I went over to my friend's house. Dieter's like crawling over the neighbor, neighbor's his house dad had, the cable splitter. His dad had the like, the big giant satellite yeah, dish, yeah. right? And like, you know, you, like the, the channels come in and they're fuzzy and then you like you like you buy dad, dad buys a box and just, he yep. scrambles it. But yeah, ultimately yeah. that's not my, my friend's name was Jeff Weimer. He had the he had just you like just, a ham radio store just in his face. Doc some pork in oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Hopefully he remembers me. Hey Jeff, <laughs> hey, your Jeff. house is cool. <laughs> I mean, but also that's not 100% HBO's fault. I disobeyed my parents as a child. Ooh. I went to a friend's house and I watched Titanic. What? <laughs> wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> the most boring and rebellion I, that has ever taken place. And I will say credit to my 12-year-old self. I averted my eyes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's the right? most Paul Miller thing. Because I, I, while disobeying my parents, still honored them a little bit. I understand. I thought you said you averted your eyes the entire time. No. <laughs> no. You were just like in the room with Titanic. <laughs> it's like, I'm king of the world. Wait, what world is he the king of? I must know. I, can I look? Dare I look? All of this heavy digression into <laughs> Paul's eye aversion strategies uh, was a joke about Tide Pods. Because Dieter wanted to start some fun. That was, I mean, I did want to start with something fun, and then we got diverted to and Tide we, Pods. Here's yeah. the thing. I just killed your transition. I'm sorry. Have, have you tried a Tide Pod, though? <laughs> no! <laughs> don't eat Tide Pods. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. <laughs> it's a really funny joke. That's why. I think kids are actually doing it. I know. That takes it out of that it, zone. It, but kind of kind of doesn't. When I was, so my mom always fell for, like, the local news Kids are doing dumb things. Mm. <laughs> the one I remember the most was our the local news in Wisconsin. It was like kids were drinking so much water they were dying. Which is a thing you could do. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it, it's like it's happened on like one or two like radio morning shows or something. Anyway, yeah. And she was just like, oh, "Don't drink too much water." <laughs> anyway, 
It's one of those things. If, if somebody offers you a jug of water, <laughs> yeah, just say away. no. <laughs> Run. Tell the Tell an adult. <laughs> Speaking of 12-year-olds. There you go. There's a good transition. Uh, Nintendo uh, had a, a surprise, quote-unquote, interactive announcement. Uh, our man Andrew Webster got uh, was one of three publications to get to try this thing out before the announcement. It's called Nintendo Labo. Labo? Labo. 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 Nintendo Labo. Um, and it's impossible to describe what this thing is without sounding like like you're crazy. <laughs> Go for it. That's what I'm here for. That's why the listeners show it's, up. It's a piece of cardboard with little cutouts on it. And then you take your Switch and you follow the instructions to fold it up into stuff. And then you take your Switch apart into its little controllers and whatnot and stick it into the cardboard thing you built. And then you play games. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. That sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. So there's a piano. There's a, a little car that like moves around with, because the, the Joy-Con vibrates. Mm-hmm. There's a house. There's a dope. It's actually really expensive. It's like. It's first of all, it's launching on four twenty for sixty nine dollars. Of course, <laughs> just, just Nintendo, man. There we go. They um, just, they... You build a backpack with strings on it that go down to your uh, feet and hands, and those strings operate levers, which then operate the controllers. And then you put on the switch and a giant cardboard VR headset, and then you get to stomp around as a giant robot breaking things. Mm-hmm. Which that's is a, w- that's one of the projects. One of the projects. There's also a piano. There's a there's other stuff. And there's a fishing rod thing, and like you go fishing on the screen of the switch. Yeah, I think it's genius. And of course, how it works is that there's a Bluetooth chip in it, and you put an app on your phone, right, Dieter? No, no. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It's so great. Somebody made a gadget that doesn't involve putting an app on your phone <laughs> and connecting to it over Bluetooth. No, you have to just disassemble your switch. Yeah. And it's no, certain. it's not. The, the Joy-Con has like a camera. Like the way the piano works is the, the Joy-Con's piano sensor. Or no, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of. The over Joy-Con's camera sensor is seeing the keys on the piano move. Whoa! Yeah, where's the camera on the Joy-Con? It's the same one that that's on the end of the the right Joy-Con. Oh, the little okay. thing for the yeah. I always thought that was an iPhone. Like our gadgets have so many sensors in them. Like like they could do like data transfer over like yeah. audio. Like yeah. sometimes AirDrop even works. <laughs> um, uh, John Boyce, John Boy, John Boyce yeah, over John Boyce. at SB Nation uh, had a good tweet about the Switch earlier. Um, how many buttons are there on a Nintendo Switch? Physical buttons are there on a Nintendo Switch? Okay. Yeah. Power button. Oh god, we're gonna start there. Well, well you, you gotta start. That's the first. That's the only one. In the two volumes. Which one did you say? Okay, so you have power three. volumes. Okay. So that's three. Yep. On the main unit. Yeah. That's all that there is. Uh huh. Unless you count the kickstand as a button because you're always pushing it back in. Uh. <laughs> so three in the main unit. Yep. Uh, four, seven. If you count those there, eight. The four on the left Joy-Con. The button underneath The it. left and the right Joy-Con have an equal number of buttons, so you only need to count one of the Joy-Cons. Yeah, but I got to an odd number with seven, so now I can't do math. Okay. <laughs> just clicking the, the just joystick count as, count as a, a button? Yeah, so there's five there, so that's eight, nine, ten, fifteen. Twenty-five. What? Twenty-five. What? Eleven on each Joy-Con and uh, three on the main button. Oh, because they're the Z and... Oh, man, I forgot yeah. all those. Twenty-five buttons on this thing. <laughs> It is such a gadget. Yeah. The Switch is the gadgetiest gadget. And then now you can take it apart 
and make other gadgets with it. <laughs> and the thing that I, I just can't get over is just how playful this is. Mm -hmm. Just how it's custom designed for a kid to craft their own world, right? And like they got to follow the instructions or whatever, but they're going to like, they get to make their own thing. And then they get to take this video game system, which already feels more personal to them than a PS4 ever will because they get to carry around with them. And when you hold it, it's like right up in your face and it's your games on the thing. And like the world building sense of this, like the extension from the physical to the video game to the thing that already feels personal to you, it's just like it's uh, cosmic brain to me how well Nintendo understands play and understands the mind of like a 10-year-old. I'm only at 23. <laughs> I'm just sitting here <laughs> counting buttons. Okay, Joy-Con. Two triggers. One, yeah. two. Uh, three, four, five, six with the four buttons. Yeah. Um, I, I, wait, I, could, I did this the other plus, day. Plus and minus. Uh, uh, the two oh, more. plus and minus. Those are the ones I missed. Plus and minus. Yeah. Two more on the on the left and the right. Yeah. And then the home or the select button or the screenshot button. Yeah. So, like, add all that stuff up and you get to 11. I missed plus and minus. There's 11 on each Joy-Con. 11 on each Joy-Con. That's 22. And then there's three in the top. Okay. Yeah. I missed plus and minus. Man, the Switch is great. Mm -hmm. I'm thoroughly enjoying one. I'm I'm very excited for Nintendo Labo. And again, it's just like, just looks like fun. Yeah. I love that Nintendo just hates the idea of a control, like a generic controller. Yeah. Every Everything Nintendo is like, what if we totally screw with these controllers? Yeah. What, what if the way that you control these like virtual worlds on screen is like just a little bit more insane than last time? It's great. Uh, we also have a note here that 3DS is doing great. Yeah, I didn't expect that, but it's doing fine. I think Metroid probably helped with that a little bit. I think people are like, I can't find a Switch. I guess I'll just buy this other thing. <laughs> uh, other big news going on right now. Auto show is happening. I would like to start with Nissan. Not a company that we mention often on this. The they make the Rogue. Yeah, they make, they make a number of cars. Mm -hmm. uh, Nissan has a new SUV. It's a concept, the X-Motion. It has like 900 screens in it. It has its own custom assistant. It takes the, 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 the <sighs> takes the form of a koi fish that leaps about the car, helping you. <laughs> Wait, it leaps about. It leaps about the car. It goes from screen to screen, and like, <laughs> and so it's clippy, but a koi fish, it's a koi fish clippy. No, uh, I there's there's not a, a universe in which I think a car maker is going to make a good animated assistant, uh, but I'm willing I'm willing to take the shot. Yeah, on the koi fish. Uh, that's really the story. It was a story at CES. It's a story at the auto show. All the car makers are trying to. They're that self-driving moment when, like, you're in a world of screens inside the car. Yeah, they are relentlessly focused on how they can own that platform. Yep. Uh, also making big trucks, and the Ford Ranger's coming back. Uh, that's <laughs> that's something. Just saying. A uh, lot of pickup trucks. Yeah. The new Ram truck. I think this is cool. Um, the Tesla moment has hit the industry. Every car slowly going to giant vertical screens in the dash. Yep. So the new Ram truck, 12-inch portrait display in the dashboard. Um, and then the top half like runs CarPlay and the bottom half runs FCA's Uconnect thing. I feel like I overheard you <coughs> complaining at CES that you can't – what's that standard slot that cars DIN. use? Double DIN. There's a DIN and then there's a double DIN. And that's like going away? And it's well, gone. Yeah. A 12-inch screen is like a, a quintuple DIN. It's like yeah. – <laughs> So if when a new technology comes out, you can't – No, like, you, like the – I have a – What if I want to listen to MP3 CDs? <laughs> yeah. You're on your own there, friend. My, my last car had a, had a six-gig hard drive in it so you could wow. rip CDs to it. It also had an MMC slot. 
Ooh, like a like wow. a PCA, it's PCMCA. It's not like it was crazy. It was just a crazy <laughs> car, like the last of its kind. <clears throat> Speaking of uh, CarPlay, CarPlay always big news at auto shows. Toyota broke, which I think is really interesting. Toyota was like the last major yeah. holdout. No CarPlay in their cars. A bunch of people actually. I was tweeting about this. People were telling me that they had chosen against Toyota. Same. I would. I, I didn't even consider a Toyota because I knew I wanted both CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah. When I bought um, a car. And I think they just finally had to give in. Yeah. I think they were like in that Apple moment. You know how like sometimes Apple doesn't do something because they just assume people buy iPhones. Yeah. I'm like, sir, we don't need wireless charging. Yeah. It's, it's an iPhone. You're just going to keep buying it. Oh, yeah. now I have it. Whatever. Great. So the have you heard the audio of the CEO saying we've, we, we've added CarPlay? No. It's amazing. I, I wish I had it. He's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. We know, we know, we got it. Hey, look, it's, it took us a while, folks. <laughs> whatever, we got it. <laughs> whatever, we got um, it. <laughs> so then here's the, the other official news. CEO keynote statement on CarPlay and Toyotas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but no, so to, to finish the Apple comparison, to, Toyota makes Camrys. People are going to buy Camrys. The Toyota will sell Camrys forever, and I think they thought they could put out some other system in the meantime. Yeah. But I think actually buyers wanting CarPlay, it became obvious that people were choosing against the Toyota Camry, which is wild. All right. So help me out here, someone who doesn't like cars. Are, you're you're saying that someone who doesn't like cars to help you? The, no, me. I'm the person oh, who doesn't like cars. The, def- the the coming default is that most cars will support CarPlay and Android Auto. CarPlay. Mostly CarPlay. Mostly CarPlay. Toyota's supporting CarPlay. Yeah, they have not said a word about it. How many are supporting both? Like, the majority support both. Okay, so that is the when majority. When they pick one, they tend to pick CarPlay. Right. So right, right, Toyota right. has, like, only said CarPlay. Um, BMW pushes CarPlay because... BMW owners tend to own iPhones, apparently. Because like, I want devices that can do both. Like, I wrote up that smoke alarm thing in at CES, and they're coming out with three different versions. One was uh, Alexa, one was Google Assistant, and one was um, AirPlay capable. Then <laughs> AirPlay? No. Yeah. And so, like, but why? why I, I want devices that can just, like, I know. Yeah. I know. So, optimistic so the way these things me. work... So I want to be able to Chromecast the, to it, AirPlay to it, Miracast. <laughs> Miracast. Um, the way that the, the assistant stuff works is different, right? Like Alexa and Google Assistant have slightly different SDKs, different, like slightly different hardware requirements. Like you end up making different things. CarPlay and Android Auto are not that. They are just apps that run on the existing head unit that the car maker generally builds and then certifies with Google and Apple. Those apps don't do anything. They just mirror your phone. Well, like Chromecast and AirPlay. Why? Why? Why is my Vizio only Chromecast? Why is it? Because Apple won't give them AirPlay. They would do it if they could. <sighs> Audio manufacturers get AirPlay. Um, what I'm saying is, it the decision to support CarPlay and Android Auto comes down to like who you think your customer is. Not, not quite as much how how does it work? Like the technical requirement, because all it's doing is mirroring your phone. Right, your phone does all of the work, the processor on your phone, um, which is why. So on some cars, if you use your phone while CarPlay is active, you can see like CarPlay doing stuff. Or if you uh, use CarPlay yeah. and hold your phone, you can see your phone doing stuff because yeah. you're just mirroring the screen. Yeah. But what's interesting is okay, so it's driving a lot of purchases. BMW, BMW this is a horrifying move. They are now going to charge eighty dollars a year to keep CarPlay active. Oh. <laughs> Cute. It's horrifying. <laughs> that, it's is, horrifying that is move. insane. Right? They don't have to do anything. Right. It's not like they're shipping you GPS updates or keeping your radio subscription alive. 
it's literally they're just allowing you to connect your phone to the screen. They were already charging you 300 bucks to do it before, but yeah. now it's they'll charge you and it'll become a subscription. For I'm horrified. It's yeah. The so app the, is there. So the it's, argument that has been made, uh-huh, is that most BMWs are leased. Uh-huh. So over the course of your like two or three year lease, you actually end up paying less. And then you sell the car back and then they can charge the next person because it's Yep. That's right. It's <sighs> terrible. God. It's right. like also the cars don't get leased again. So like only the right, like you right. give the car back and lease, that car just gets sold and now that person is stuck paying eighty dollars a year. Horrible. Unacceptable. Horrible trend. Yep. Everyone, I don't know, buy something else. Don't buy a BMW. But BMW is also the only one that has wireless charging and wireless CarPlay. So when we did the iPhone X review, we got a really nice BMW 5 Series. Yeah. And then, like, not so much. It was awesome. Like, you got in the car, you, like, put it on the pad, start charging, connects to the thing. It was, like, the dream. $80. (laughs) That will be $80, Neli. Pay up. Uh, Well, Uh, speaking of Apple. Yeah. This one's, I think, important. Actually, really important. Tim Cook told ABC News... I, the, you know, there's iOS battery kerfuffle. Yep. Is that what you call it? Kerfuffle. Uh, next Shenanigans. Version of, next I think someone of, would say scandal. It's cur scandal. No, just straight scandal. Scandal. <laughs> scandal. Yeah. It's a scandal. Um, although, again, I, I think their technical solution is actually still cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think they just blew the messaging. Um, next iOS update will give you more transparency and a healthier battery and allow you to disable the slowdown. But they don't want you to. Yeah. Because, again, prolongs the life of your battery and probably prevents your phone from shutting down. The fact that they are – they weren't – they didn't say that right away. Like is – they kind of said it. Like we'll give some more battery management. But this is the thing they should have always told people and always let people do. I feel like Apple really messed up by – like the, they're like, hey, we're sorry kind of. Oh, uh, no. The, the, even, then, even this even – this, uh, th- appearance, Cook said, "Quote: uh, Maybe we should have been clearer as well." So that's that's fair. That's good. And then he did the. We deeply apologize for anybody that thinks we had some other kind of motivation, which is not saying I'm sorry you're mad. I'm sorry about your feelings, but it's close. Mm-hmm. But we apologize for like it's fine. Like I, he didn't. They didn't. Their, their very first line was, "We're sorry you're mad." I'm sorry you're so dumb that you think we're bad people. <laughs> But so they had this opportunity though to to give a lot of people thirty dollar batteries. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like. Apple's yes. going to make this right by giving a lot of people thirty dollar batteries. And then you show up and like, eh, that's not bad enough. Really? No, they they they, they walked back from that. Oh, they, they like, fixed that they, now. They, they clean that up. I think their biggest problem right now is the backlog is just massive. Yeah. I have a, I have an iPhone seven and the battery is, is terrible after a year. Because I use it every day because it's a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. So we had Kyle from iFixit on the Circuit Breaker Show at CES. Um, he he basically was flat out. Like, Apple cannot can keep up with this demand. He did some crazy math. Like, they have, like, 45,000 store employees or something. Yeah, you add up all, all the store employees and all the hours it would take to replace every single one of those batteries, and they'd be working from now until the heat death of the universe. Oh, yeah. what If we <laughs> zoom back on this a little bit, right, You you can't... A typical person cannot send their phone in for an upgrade or repair, right? Right. Because you're completely dependent on your phone. And I notice this when a software update comes through. I'm constantly procrastinating because if I'm looking at my phone, I'm using my phone. Yeah. Right. Like, what 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 would a world look like where you'd have like a reasonable 
backup where it's easy to like go to your second tier phone for a little bit so while you get your other phone repaired. So you could send your phone away for a week, get a new battery in uh, it. Second tier phone. That's not a reasonable choice for most people, right? Like now you own two phones. Most people lease their phones to begin with, right? Well, a lot of people, you know, a lot of a lot of homes have two cars, right? Mm-hmm. So if one of the cars needs repairs, that's not why you have two cars. You carpool together, like like it's a husband and wife. Right, they have but two you cars. have two cars because two people need to go separate places, right? But you can make it work with one, but because you, you only have one phone, you can't make it work with none. I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. I, but I Super don't think doubt. it reveals anything. <laughs> 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 I'm with you. I, some people have two cars yeah. because they need the utility of two cars. Yeah. No one has two phones. Here, here's, what, no here's one, what I want. No one except us here's has two what I phones. Want. I'm going to confess but something. The reason we yeah. don't have two phones is because um, because SIM cards are stupid. Yep. Yeah. I used to be a huge SIM card fan. Don't let the don't go don't do eSIM. It's just going to give more control to the manufacturers. Blah 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 blah. But I think the even more radical solution is your phone number should be as portable as your email address, and you should be able to access it from whatever device you damn well want to. Preach it, yeah. Preach it. So I'm with you. So ah, mm. did you get? Yeah. Is your SIM card still broken? Yeah. Not only is my SIM card still broken on my iPhone 10. <laughs> later on, we're, I know, I know like, where this came the, from. There, there's this whole movement. Uh, Farhad Maju and Ellie Bowles over the New York Times like, oh, people people want their phones to be dumb. They're, they're, they're too addictive and they got to make them less addictive. Sure. I think most of this is a notification suck on iPhone problem, but whatever. There's other things. So like make it black and white because then you won't – your lizard brain won't be – not lizard because lizards seem black. Your monkey brain won't be enamored of all the colors. And if you make it black and white, you won't start it all the time, blah, 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 blah. The other solution to this is like have a dumb phone that's cheap. That like you use most of the time, but you don't you you do need a smartphone. You can't live without a smartphone. So you'd like leave your smartphone in your bag, but nobody does that because you don't have the same phone number on it. You could charge extra to like put a SIM card in a damn Apple Watch. So you can't have the same phone number on multiple devices. But if you could, if they were if it was freely available for you to use on whatever device you feel like as your email address is or your Twitter handle or any other authentication thing you have on the internet, any other thing that is, this is my online identity, Mm -hmm. then you could have a dumb phone and a smartphone and you could go to the Apple store and you could say, yo, fix my phone. And they'd be like, okay, here's a loaner. Or you'd like, oh, well, I've got this dumb phone. I'm good for a couple of weeks or whatever. This is a, this is a, this is a carrier lock-in problem. Yeah. So you you get an app called LifeRaft. LifeRaft gets your your most important things together. You get your most important contacts. Wait, is this a real app? No, I'm making, making it up it an app, app called okay. LifeRaft. You, you on your smartphone, you assemble your core functionality that you have to have your your required phone numbers and stuff. And then you're like, okay, we're jumping off Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Into the life raft, and you push that button, and now your your dumb phone comes alive. It's like we're gonna get through this. <laughs> your dumb together. phone comes alive. You're gonna get through this together, right? Yeah. Right. Your dumb phone can, is is the door. Is the can it can it be an auto inflating thing? Like can it actually like you hit a button and? Psh, yeah, I cannot wait. Absolutely, until your life raft is hacked. You know what's gonna happen. Google's going to buy that company. They're going to call it Google Life Raft, and then they're going to forget about it for a while. And the UI is going to get really, really bad. And then it will either die or get like integrated into some other weird random chat app. I'm just going to point out the by story the way, of Google Voice. The the solution to your problem, by the way, is the Apple Watch with LTE. 
Because it has her phone. No, that's yes. not a it's a little tiny dumb phone. Neil is acting a, like this wasn't my idea. It was it's your idea. I was taking it from you. <laughs> I had a great idea. Watches are phones. <laughs> I invented the Apple Watch. <laughs> that's a, that's, I, don't, I don't know if you guys knew that. I was like, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy. Like, Timmy. There's somebody stuck have, in the well. Timmy. Also, <laughs> Apple Watch. Have you ever seen Dick Tracy? Let me tell you about this. Great. Classic character. We should, cookie. We, should, we should read an ad. Cookie. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> All right. This episode of the Virtualcast is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Mattress Firm has one question for all of you. I'm going to listen to a podcast to help me fall asleep, people. Are you struggling to get some shut eye? Because if you answered yes, you're in luck. Mattress Firm has a great tip for how you can zonk out more easily. Mattress Firm is America's neighborhood mattress store. and lets your budget stretch further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. They are more than mattress experts. They have the whole package that helps transform your mattress into a bed from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have you covered literally and figuratively, which is a little bit threatening, I'm going to be honest with you. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening right now as I read this sentence to you. Mattress Firm even offers you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know that you paid the perfect price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how you're sleeping could be monumentally improved. And if you're still awake, we're going to restart the podcast now. Assuming that's cool with you. All right, what else is going on, Dieter? Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. Facebook decided to try and ruin the news again. Uh, I don't know that it'll be successful, but they're turning down the n- number of posts that you're going to see in your news feed from publishers like The Verge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to presumably turn back up your friends and family and, like, I don't know, racist cousins or whatever. Yeah. Um, and a disclosure, my wife works for Oculus as a division of Facebook, et cetera. Uh, but at the same time that Facebook is like, their promise, Zuckerberg's New Year's goal is to like be the CEO <laughs> of Facebook. And they're trying to turn down, you know, video and posts from publishers and turn up your friends and family. And they're, everyone's really worried about Facebook and what they're doing to the newsfeed. Instagram is just, uh, Taking dropping acid and just throwing stuff at the product. Yeah, you can you can uh, use the, the the Giphy GIF keyboard, throw it into your stories. There's a test of a text only option, which is making people very angry. Yeah, um, and you can also see when users were last active in the app. So what is get? So we've often said Instagram is like the last happy place on the internet. Yeah, and they're There's just turn they're, it into Facebook. They're messing with it. Something yeah. fierce right now. I don't, I don't know why. It's not like people aren't using Instagram enough. Yeah, it's strange. Like, it's, what do they? What do they? What do they need? What yeah. is it? Is it? Uh, or, uh, I don't know. It's very odd. It might just be that they want to kill Snapchat once and for all. That could be. That's very much how they feel about it. Yeah. Um, and Snapchat is certainly in a somewhat vulnerable Killable position. position. Yeah. Um, the excellent reporter Taylor Lawrence of the Daily Beast uh, was it last week? It was CES. During week, CES, yeah. Published like an internal document showing all of Snapchat's user numbers across every feature they have. Turns out people mostly just send each other Snapchats. Yep. <laughs> they don't do a lot of other stuff in there. Uh, the places with the money aren't really, the screens with the money on them aren't really opened a lot in Snapchat. Yeah. Well, I think Snapchat is even like kind of shying away from its like, or trying to disassociate its stories from the newsy story, the brand, yeah, so brand they're, they're redoing their whole interface. Um, so anyway, they're, Snapchat's trying to reboot itself, basically. They're literally going to change the entire interface. Um, so Instagram, why not? Go for the kill, but yeah. I don't know. The, but, Instagram to me has gotten it's just the algorithmic timeline, the changes to the feed, mm-hmm. all these crazy features. Like they're fun to play with. But yeah, 
So I don't, I don't I don't look at Instagram as much as I used to because it's stuff's just annoying. So what's interesting is I don't look at Instagram as much as other people, and I actually feel weirdly guilty about it uh, because I. I look at Twitter when I should be looking at Instagram. Instagram theoretically would be uh, more relaxing and less stressful to me. Um, also, there's fewer opportunities to make dad jokes on Instagram, and so everybody else would like me more. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I don't use it more than once every couple of days lately, when I go there, the algorithm is great at no. showing me stuff that like I will want to have seen. Like, I don't know, someone you had some adventure. And you were talking about it. And people were like, oh, yeah, I saw it on the Instagram. And I was like, I don't want to see it on the Instagram. <laughs> and I opened it up. Like, when we got done talking, it was right there at the top. Yeah, because it's listening to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh, the ads on Instagram. Oh, such a good Shaggy Dog setup, and you nailed the punchline. Oh, Thank gosh. you. Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the ads on Facebook and Instagram – Make me disbelieve the mood landing. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. It's not listening to you. Don't eat Tide Pods. Please, everyone stop it. <laughs> oh, well, you, you know what I realized recently? Maybe I've already talked about this. My Tinder account's associated with my Facebook account. What? Why? Yeah. So, because you, you use it, like, Tinder won't put your job description. You can't just write your own job description. Right. It has to pull from Facebook. Okay. Can um, you enter any job description into Facebook? Yes. I feel like this happened. But they it, didn't prevent it. Tinder's, Tinder's trying to create some quantity of safety by associating with what is most likely to be your realist online identity, which is Facebook. Yeah. Well, guess who knows that I am swiping right now? Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So they're all over me on Instagram and Facebook with all these ads for like new dating apps. Wow. And it's, I, it's just like. <laughs> I. It, I'm looking for a therapist right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a pretty personal thing. Now, I just shared on the verse case, so whatever. Yeah. But it's just us friends here. But I don't want Facebook advertising yeah, yeah, yeah. therapists to me right now. No. Like, that's not the mood I'm in for looking for a therapist. <laughs> you know? Um, are my you, are fa- you sometimes in that mood? No. <laughs> my favorite thing, you know, the best thing I've done, yeah. ad-related ad in the past month, is I saw the ugliest shirt of all time on a banner ad and I clicked it and they started following me around so I clicked it again now I get these ugly shirts everywhere (laughs) it's wonderful (laughs) it doesn't feel like a personal attack it's like this ugly shirt company thinks they're gonna get me (laughs) that's a really good idea there's there's somebody in the back room going I got two clicks on this dude yeah I I just we should we should all as a as a form of protest click on stuff that like we think looks kind of funny looks nice but we would never buy Always click on stuff that you think looks nice that you'd want to see it as an ad, but you would never buy it. I, I why don't you do that? Okay, <laughs> before we command our listeners to do that, <laughs> and then report back to us in a week. Yeah, and then we'll just see. We'll just before before the. the I'll say listener. I tried it once and it's working great. But I, I, <laughs> see, that's all the time. I'm, I'm very excited. Science. I'm very excited about this Facebook thing. Yeah. What I, I I really wish I, and I hope that they are thinking seriously about is trusting their users enough to eventually give them the sliders to the algorithm. Like like I think in Facebook's minds, like you if we gave you the sliders to the algorithm, you'd just crank up friends and family and you never see the news or the funny viral videos or like this magician. Who lies? <laughs> this liar magician that goes viral on Facebook all the time. Wait, okay. what? 
Yeah, th- there's these magicians. Don't you do believe this, deep like, in your heart that all magicians are inherently liars? No, they're illusions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't illusions there's, just a there's, lie? There's they clever are. tricks. There's like an Ocean's Eleven heist, yeah. and then there's just like a blunt force armed robbery. You know what I mean? One of them's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's the armed robbery. One of them is yeah. only violence. <laughs> Wow. All right. So anyway, just look up bullshit Facebook magicians. You'll definitely find this. But it, but, but Facebook <laughs> believes we that it's so off the rails right now. No, no, no. I'm getting to the I love this Facebook algorithm change, right? Yeah. But I think the ultimate thing is that people should be able to control their own sliders for their own algorithms. I, I still miss like remember when Netflix launched and it like was like, okay, we need to like create like a profile for you for what you want to yeah, watch. Yeah, and it would like ask you a bunch of shit. Yeah. 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 What it recommended after that was not perfect, but I felt like I had some agency in that. I felt like, oh, you know, these are these aren't the perfect recommendations, but if I want better ones, I know what to do. Yeah. I'll go rate a bunch of things that I've seen. And it made me feel involved in what was being shown to me. Twitter's algorithm really pisses me off. Instagram to me is completely confusing and a mess. And I don't log in every day on on Instagram. Facebook is is a meaningless mess just give me some sliders so i feel like i'm involved in the decision making process and maybe i'll do it bad and and then that could be an ongoing conversation between me and facebook maybe yeah. facebook could pop up once a month and like how how's this algorithm feeling to you like do you want to see more of something you want to see less of something let's work on this but just facebook in the sky like god deciding how you should feel today is, is i weird. want there to be a button on facebook news post for when I, when they get me and I pause and look at the auto playing video for three seconds, mm-hmm. I want to be I want a button that's like no I didn't mean that stop stop mm. it yeah I just yeah. want to I just want to like no I'm sorry button I want to I I, I I didn't mean to eat the cookie button obviously I did because my hand went in the jar <laughs> but yeah that's a, I want a take back button a take back take back don't learn this yeah please don't learn this well, from Bobby. yeah yeah I, I'm I'm, a, I'm do a, as I say not as I do. <laughs> Wow. I'm a I'm a lurker on the internet, so I mostly just scroll through things and read them. But news articles on Facebook, you need to click through to see the whole thing. So the only thing I'm engaging with on Facebook is news articles, right? Because I'm not liking my friends' posts, so I'm not doing extra work to convince Facebook that I actually prefer the posts for my friends. Because the only action they see me take is clicking on news articles. Anyway, the the lesson here is you should go to Facebook.com/slash Dieter Bone and like and subscribe to my page. Yeah. That's a good lesson. Yeah. Um, I mean, the most important lesson that I think the Birchcast can deliver. Yeah. Ultimately, I think Facebook knows it's like really broken and they don't want this responsibility. I think that's a huge yeah. change for that company, right? Like they thought they were going to change the world, right? Like they thought they were going to connect all the people in the world and it would be great. And they're like, wait, wait, we weren't prepared for this responsibility. We don't want it. So we're just going to go back to showing you funny things or friend share, which is funny. Because they also own Instagram, which is where that is already happening. So the question of what does Facebook become is really interesting. Like uh, our reporters today, I was talking to a couple of them, Caitlin and Lauren, and they were saying Facebook for them is overrun by like multi-level marketing schemes, Mm. which is like terrible. But like it's perfect for the multi-level marketing because it's like a social network of people who are connected (laughs) in a graph. Facebook Um, for me um, is overrun by Minneapolis Miracle, Stefan Diggs, Touchdown Celebration videos. And it's the best. I hate you. You You know what I don't see, though, is anything about the Packers, weirdly. 
This is an ad for HelloFresh, which is a meal delivery service that has graciously sponsored The Verge this week. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. They offer convenience. You can choose your delivery day for when it works best for your busy schedule. You can pause the account for weeks at a time when you're out of town. All the ingredients come pre-measured and handy labeled meal kits so you know where the ingredients go to which recipe. And it's delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. There's also selection and flexibility. HelloFresh offers a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. There are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. Classic is a variety of meat, fish, and seasonal produce. Veggie is obviously vegetarian recipes, plant-based proteins, grains, and seasonal produce. Family is quick and easy meals with all of the yum-worthy flavor your whole family will love. There's a bunch of notable recipes. We were just talking about Minnesota. There's a Juicy Lucy tomato, onion, jam, and arugula salad. How do you feel about that, Dieter? Uh, I wonder if it's as good as the Juicy Lucy you could get at Matt's Bar. You would have to try HelloFresh to find out. Wow, you really brought that one back. Yeah. Uh, there's a premium selection for dinner time. There's lobster ravioli and shrimp, tomatoes, tarragon cream sauce. There's kid-tested recipes made specifically families in mind, like easy ravioli gratin with spinach, thyme, and Parmesan bread crumbs. Sounds delicious. So, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, you will visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code VERGE30. That's V-E-R-G-E-3-0. So that's $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Just go to HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code VERGE30. Okay, Paul. Mm-hmm. Every week, buddy. Yeah. You do a thing. Mm-hmm. What's it called? It's called Win or Lose 2, the sequel to winning. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I'm ready this- for it. This week, we're talking about the GPD Win 2, which is basically a Windows laptop that is the size of a 3DS. And it's got oh. little, little joysticks on it. It's got little, little video game buttons. Also has a very, very tiny keyboard. <laughs> but it's, God, this thing is crazy. It's 650 bucks. It runs Grand Theft Auto Five. Wow. It runs Overwatch. It runs Skyrim. It, it all There's very specific... Frame rates. They've got 38 frames per second. Uh, it's got a 720p screen, by the way, so that helps. But it's got 38 frames per second on Grand Theft Auto, 50 to 70 on Overwatch, 53 on Skyrim. So I guess you can decide if that's if that's good enough for you. I mean, none of those games are. I guess Grand Theft Auto is great with. Oh, it's got a M3 7Y30 uh, chip. That's actually not the worst thing ever. It's it, like. Like MacBook class, and it's almost. got two forty nine hundred milliamp batteries, so you maybe can do this for more than thirty minutes. Yeah, um, I, I should, don't know. It's just cool. make this my work laptop. Please do. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I would love love to see this. Yeah, I just I just love weird form factors, and there's like really obsessive communities about this specific form factor, and and here they are more. More winning. Indiegogo. We saw a lot of weird form factors at CES, actually. Yeah. What? My favorite, the, there was the, was it Dell made the keyboard with the maglev? With yeah. Like magnets holding the keys up? It's what? amazing. Yeah. I heard about magnets. that, but is yeah, it? Yeah. It was magnets provided the force feedback on it. Dang. Right? right? I knew magnets were going to come through. <laughs> <laughs> what you want is a keyboard full of magnets. <laughs> it just like doesn't seem like, I was raised to keep magnets away from That computers. was just because right? of hard drives. Yeah. Hard drives really... Right, they were magnetic, yeah. but it's yeah. still like it's still built into me. Right, like I'm still like I don't I don't know magnets and computers not a thing. But maglev keyboard, yeah, why not? Uh, and then there was the little Android. Thing. Oh, the Cyan alike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that thing. That's cute. That's yeah. my new phone, huh. laptop. 
phone laptop hybrid. Flap, flap top. And Project Linda. Everything was great at CES. <laughs> I'm clearly just exhausted now. It's like PTSD sitting in. I, I'm still looking for a laptop that's the size of a full-size keyboard, but doesn't have the trackpad part. You know what I mean? So full-size, my, my hands can really spread out and get some real typing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Like Sony had one of those. What was that called? The Vio P. Vio P. Vio we P. have one yeah. in our little library over there. Yeah, a little, a little bit more of that. Yeah, I mean, get an iPad Pro, twelve-inch iPad Pro, the keyboard, or that. Yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. Sure, that's what Cookie wants. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh All right, two two, so two tiny pieces of news. We can kick. <laughs> I wanted to have a whole rant about Project Fi and how they used to be morally good and true, and you could trust them, but now you can't trust them at all because they introduced an unlimited plan, but they didn't even have the decency to call it unlimited. Instead, they called it bill protection, and wow. all carriers are evil and screw those guys. But it's not true. It's just actually a pretty good plan. Um, uh, you can't spend more than sixty bucks worth of data per month. So basically, between six and fifteen gigs per line. It's it's like that's like free data for you. It mm-hmm. still costs ten bucks per gig, and then above six, it, it's free. And then once you hit fifteen, they throttle you to two fifty six k. But you can pay them ten bucks to unthrottle you again, and like I'd take just that. keep rolling. For how long? I I don't know. Like they didn't they don't provide quite as much fine print as I would like, which is a thing that feels very weird to say, but mm-hmm. is true. Um, anyway, it seems like a pretty good deal. Uh, I just wish that. Um, I was actually talking to a, a guy who works at Fi yesterday. I just wish that it was easier to take Fi and put it in any phone to start the plan. Not like once you have a Nexus phone, you put the Fi SIM in, you can like stick it in other phones, and everything's mm-hmm. basically a wonderland of T-Mobile experience uh, for your your data signal. Um, but if I want to just get Project Fi, you can't really start it without a Nexus or a Moto X4, which is a bummer. I would like this plan if they also had a a like a T-Mobile style experience where you can like toggle. Like I want unlimited Twitch streaming, oh. but 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 when I'm using my mobile data, I don't need 1080p Twitch. Right. Yeah. So they're not throttling video resolution at all. Right. Um, which I appreciate. Like. The thing I like about Fi is it's just this is what it costs. The end. It's ten bucks per gig. It's twenty bucks per phone line. The end. I hate many things about Fi. It's tied to Nexus phones, or I'm sorry, Pixel phones, or whatever. Uh, it, each phone number has to be tied to a unique Gmail address, which is annoying. Blah blah blah. blah. But the, the the like radical simplicity of it's twenty bucks for phone and it's ten bucks per per gig, and it doesn't cost more. You can go. You can you can you can order fifty data sims from them and have every single device that you own have a Project Fi sim in it, and it costs you zero dollars unless they have a phone number. Wow. Yep. Maybe I should switch to Fi. Do you like? Do you, do you have good T-Mobile service in your area? No. You should not switch to Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how T-Mobile feels about Fi. I'm sure they don't even notice them. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't know how committed Google is to Fi. That is always a concern with Google. <laughs> right. I would love. Yeah, I would love to switch to Fi, but I really just feel like I would watch too much Twitch and I'd blow through that. Yeah, yeah. that's and then, fair. And then everything would be throttled. Yeah. No, you pay the hundred bucks. No, no. I like pay. I like. I like to pretend like I budget, and therefore <laughs> I would like to pay one amount per month for my phone. This explains your entire net neutrality thing. It wasn't about – you weren't standing on principle. You just wanted free Twitch. <laughs> I think Paul said that out loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I Pretty said sure, very several specifically. Times, uh, yeah. It's out loud. By the way, there's a bunch of net neutrality stuff going on. Just not, 
nothing oh, terribly yeah. momentous, right? So bunch of senators. They have fifty senators now. Yeah, they need one more. They're going to try to force a vote against. To, there's a Congressional Review Act that can force a vote to make people vote up or down right. on whether you want to overturn the FCC's decision. I think that's obviously a political move because even if they win, uh, need Trump probably not going to approve that act of Congress. No, um, but I think that's a very clever mechanic to make. Put people on the record. Put people on the record as voting against net neutrality because yep. people are always very, very, very politically active about it, as you may have guessed from our show. Um, and then twenty-two uh, state attorneys general. I love saying attorney. I love pluralizing it. Yeah. Uh, are suing the FCC to uh, that they, you know, did the rules wrong basically. Right, because the the whole Capricious. thing we talked about this at length on the show before, yeah. but the the whole thing um, was that they needed substantial evidence of market conditions changing. That is the thing that the lawsuits are all going to be about. Yeah. So there's net neutrality stuff. It's just that's news. There's not a lot of analysis you can do underneath it. So, yeah. But it's, it's still out there. It's still happening. Speaking, speaking of things that are probably going to violate net neutrality, uh, Verizon uh, apparently wants to start its own uh, new um, standalone streaming TV service. And uh, I have a philosophical question for you. Hmm. What is the difference between an app and a channel? <laughs> This was Apple's whole thing. It's funny that they're like putting this out. Like it's, the rumors, like it, it's new. It's app-based channels or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, Apple's like the future of TV channels is apps, and really all that means is instead of one interface, there'll be five thousand. <laughs> yeah. The way I think of it, because I'm old enough to remember TV Guide. Yeah. TV Guide listed what was happening in all the channels. Yeah. With so TV app- Guide was an app. For the channels, yeah. a paper app. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like it's like Nintendo's Project Labo, but the future is paper with, apps. <laughs> with with apps. With apps, each you could maybe find a channel inside of an app. Yeah, but the each TV guide would be inside of that app as well. Now that's the, currently the case, mm-hmm. right? Right. So like Netflix has a different user interface than Hulu. Right. And it's just like, whoa, wow, this is hell. <laughs> there used to be there used to be one grid. And now there's a grid of grids. Yeah, and each grid has another grid inside. The grids are grid. vertically the, fractal. The grids are vertically uh, fractal. App channels are a grid of grids. <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think, as I promised at the top of the show, we are very tired. Not particularly sensible. App channels are a grid of grids. I, I believe is where we're going to end this episode of the Vergecast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this. As always, our sleepy ones are, in my mind, the most fun. I had a great time, Eli. It's, you did great, Paul. Thanks, thanks. Like a really good job. Thank you. Yeah. I love having Dieter here, too. <laughs> we just end every show thanking each other. <laughs> like really sincerely thanking each other. There's a Stars album that begins with every member of the band Stars saying, my name is, well, the lead singer's name is Tork, so like, my name is Tork and this is my heart. And that's how the thing begins. Aww. It's very cute. It's a great album. You should listen to it. Anyway, that was The Vergecast. It ended with me just describing the beginning of an album from like the early 2000s. So <laughs> that's where we are today as a family. We'll be back next week. we got all kinds of things going on. Circuit Breaker Show is coming back. We're thinking about ways to improve it. Send us your ideas if you watch that at CS or even watching on Twitter before. We're going to move it to YouTube. It's happening. But send us your ideas about Circuit Breaker Show. what if we get demonetized? <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Um, anyhow, uh, send us your ideas on that. Watch that if you haven't. Uh, why'd you push that button? He's going to come back for a second season. I think Andrew and Caitlin and Ashley are hard at work on questions to ask about various buttons. But whole first season, 10 episodes, it's out there. You just binge listen to it. Go crazy. Mm. 
Ask yourself, why did I push all of these buttons? Ten hours later, you'll have some answers. Um, so listen to that. You can also listen to uh, Lauren Good on Too Embarrassed to Ask. That's on the Recode Network. She hosts out with Kara Swisher. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. And Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media, which is wonderful. You can also listen to our rivals hmm. on the weeds. But let them know. <laughs> That you're there. We are we are tech. I mean, they're they're Vox.com. We're part of Vox Media also. So would you'd say we're on the same team? That our podcast together constitutes a team of rivals. Oh my god. It's did you just make a oh, straight up what? Obama Lincoln joke on this podcast? Thanks for listening, everybody. Done. The promo that code was, is promo code Rock and Roll the podcast. We're at Abraham Lincoln jokes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Rock and roll. Paul.